This is Gunnar Monson. I am the one of the two hosts of Monster X Radio, and as well as the founder of the Sasquatch Coffee Company. Um, if you you can check us out, check us out online at www.squatchcoffee.com. And uh, I'd like to welcome two new uh, places to get your Sasquatch coffee. Um, Bigfoot Yeti Yowie store in Denver, Colorado is a new wholesaler. They, they uh, got their first order this week. And if you would like to drink Sasquatch coffee, uh, Bigfoot Brew up in Gold Bar, Washington is our first um, uh, espresso bar. So it's uh, cool. So I want to welcome them aboard. And uh, I said, you can find us online as well. So uh, today, uh, with me as always, is my good friend, Shane Hardcore Corson. Shane, how are you? I am fantastic. Had a wonderful Thanksgiving. I'm still coming off the trip out to the Sasquatch Summit and uh, and the show with Ed Brown last week where he announced the upcoming conference that you and I will be speaking. So I'm, I'm, uh, I'm doing fantastic. I'm very happy to be here. Great. Yeah, no, uh, I had a a good Thanksgiving as well. Um, Served by my turkey coma, so (laughs) very excited. Very excited, and uh, yeah, I'm I'm excited to uh, to uh, speak at the first ever the inaugural big. What is it? The The International International. Bigfoot Conference. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's going to so be today, I'm looking forward to go it. Go ahead. So oh, to, okay, I'm yeah, looking I think forward I'm, to it. I'm very excited about it. 
the last couple of weeks, uh, I had a, an echo issue, which I think I've resolved now. So um, we are, we're back at, to sounding better. To this, uh, our show today, we're going to talk about what Bigfoot is reported to look like. And um, this actually came out of uh, one of the, the posts in, in the Monster X group. Um, Julie uh, had posted a, a pic from, from the movie Exists or um, a still from that, the, uh, the creature that they, they uh, created for the movie. And it uh, uh, created a, quite a, a topic of conversation. Um, and we thought we'd extend that conversation to the show. So um, yeah. pretty, my, I guess my first, imp- what was your first impression of the, that picture, Shane? You've, you've seen, well, you one, know, I, so. I, uh, that, that, that picture or that still, came from the movie Exist, obviously, Eduardo Sanchez, who I got to interview uh, probably close to a year ago. Uh, Eduardo Sanchez uh, has also, you know, he did the movie uh, um, The Blair Witch Project. I mean, that's probably what he's best known for. He's done quite a few others. Uh, But he decided to do this movie Exist. And uh, I really enjoyed the movie Exist. I enjoyed it. I liked the premise, the storyline. You know, um, was I thrilled you know, I asked him, and I knew the answer. What was the most expensive part <laughs> or, or prop, obviously, of the film? And he said, well, obviously, it was the, 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 the costume, the Sasquatch costume was super expensive, you know, and it's, it's not easy to do. Uh, and, you know, uh, I enjoyed the movie, and I enjoyed the amount of work that went into building the costume and, and the actor that uh, I believe they had – it was – I. I and I could be wrong, I believe it was a football player, and at least it was an athlete, I know that, that was in the costume. And they did their best to take in reports and really get a good feel as to what people were seeing. Uh, the still that was posted in the Monster X uh, group, uh, I don't think accurately depicts what most people are seeing. It's close. Don't get me wrong, it's close. But, at, you know, when looking back at the posts, you know, Julie Wrench's post in there, and uh, I'll read that I'll, so the, the audience has a better idea of what we're talking about. So Julie Wrench, sure. one of my admins for our group, posted this still, and she posed a question, and the question was as follows. For those of you who had an encounter, how does the overall form differ, or did the movie exist, get it dead on? And having interviewed ton of people over the years and done a lot of research on this uh there was some some accuracies uh but there was definitely some inaccuracies and and i could i could spot spot them and a lot of the there was a lot of questions and and a lot it was really cool because a lot of people that had had an encounter or sighting put their two cents in there and it was it was a friendly atmosphere i don't think anybody really attacked anybody wholeheartedly or anything it was just okay this is what i saw and this is how it differed and Predominantly, I think, was the, uh, that some of the differences uh, were the arm length, the length of the hair, uh, the overall robustness of it. It wasn't robust enough. Uh, the head, um, a lot of people are saying it was, it was too round. Um, so those were some of the differences. And no, I, I find that to be pretty accurate with, with sightings that, you know, that most people describe the hair not quite as long as that picture that the arms are longer than the picture portrays. Um, 
and that most people could tell that that was a person in a suit or a costume. And and I've taken many reports over the years of witnesses, and one of the things that always impresses me with with uh, witnesses is they can't seem to say uh, emphasize enough how huge, uh, you know, that it's outside of human proportions. And uh, of course, I'm I'm sure that that uh, they come in all different shapes and sizes, just like humans do. You know, there's a range, but uh, but one of the things that that uh, impresses me with with witnesses is is their emphasis on the word huge. <laughs> it's massive. It's huge, <laughs> right. and that that came up that came up in in the thread as well. You know, that it's not big enough. It's not tall enough. Yeah. So you know, uh, Bruce Kelly, um, who I believe is in chat now, he, he I really liked his his. Uh, well, I'm going to quote him from one of his posts in, in under that thread. And Bruce said, "Many people think that their sighting was a definitive sighting. I think it's safe to uh, say that there's not just one cookie cutter description of a Bigfoot. There are going to be variations due to age, health, and their particular region or environment." Hair color could change due to age. Uh, for example, look at silverback gorillas. Hair length will vary due to climate. Size would vary uh, by geographical location. I think a common theory is that Bigfoot get larger in size the farther north you go. There are just so many variables to take into consideration. And I think that was really well said by Bruce, and I, I you know, I totally agree with him. Um, there are so many variations uh, of 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 and descriptions of Sasquatch out there. I think a lot, when you boil all down, uh, most of the sightings reflect each other in some way, uh, some commonality. You know, there's something common about them. Um, one is being biped, um, for the most part. But there's um, a lot of consistencies there, uh, even with the non-consistencies. And I think that by, you know, Julie posting that picture in the group, it really got a lot of uh, discussion going, um, like I said, in a friendly manner. But people were quick to point out the differences between the picture and what they saw. Right, and the the uh, the face varies. You know, I've heard from very human to to very ape-like, and and everything basically in between. You know, brow ridge. Yeah. You know, the conical head. The so and. And the Patterson, you know, what do we have to compare things to? Well, basically, we have the the best footage that those in the Bigfoot community believe is from an actual creature is the Patterson Gimlin film. And um, in that case, where it, it appears that it's a a female, and you know, in the um, it is massive, but doesn't look you know as as muscular. Uh, bodybuilder i've heard that phrase used a lot as the you know that it looked you could see its abs that its chest is huge its arms and legs are you know massive and I, then what do you what um is it a what gender is it is it a male or a female i mean it, and what like you said what what age is it how do they develop if you uh go back to the footage from new york where uh, there's something swinging in a tree. It looks like a chimpanzee, you know, if that's, 
it, if that's a valid piece of footage, you know, they they start out very chimp-like. And our proportions as humans change from from uh, child, from baby to adult, you know. So uh, I know I look back at pictures, you know, of myself, and I've changed considerably over the years. So just a little. It's just a little, yeah. Um, <laughs> But but this picture is and uh, from the the movie exists uh, is it's in, it was I thought they did a decent job and uh, oh yeah in the movie you get you know you get a couple of of shots of the the quote unquote creature and uh, I one of the, one of the most compelling to me was the thing their um, spoiler alert because if you haven't seen the movie I'm going to give a little bit of that that. It, oh. That they're they're in a you know an RV that's been tipped over and it the thing jumps and lands on the RV above them and that was a pretty compelling shot. Um, it was it was uh, you got a good look at the costume and and you know limited by budget and what but I thought they it it uh, it was real enough to to uh, not be ridiculous you know. It, I think they did a pretty good job considering the limitations of budget and um, this uh, it'd be, it would have been cool if the picture, you know, that we posted uh, we, that you could see the face, but uh, yeah, of course, one of the things that, that um, is discussed is, you know, body proportions that their arms are, are proportionally longer um, than, than a human's arm. In fact, I've uh, one of the the um, anal when I I watched them analyze the Patterson Gimlin film, they basically came up with that a human would have had to break their arm in in like the middle of their bicep to to be a person in the suit. So, um, and of course, feet proportions, feet or feet are going to be much always come out as much wider than a human foot, and and the width compared to length is is things are what the footprints that have been found are wider than what a human proportion width to length would be. So it's a, yeah, this is an right. interesting picture, though. So it's a very interesting picture, you know. And and you know the you know I think Eduardo Santos tried to you know get a little bit of everything when it came to. Uh, what their their costume was going to look like. He, you know, he took he looked at a lot of reports and whatnot. You know, the if I remember right, the face kind of looked almost caveman like and kind of, it had a little mix of everything: a little human like, a little uh, almost caveman like, and a little bit primate, you know, non human primate like. Um, uh, you know, the the I know the hair was a big issue with the length. You know, when people were talking about their encounters and, um, you know. Uh, I would have to say that, yeah, the hair did look a little bit too long, especially, you know, one of the comments in the group was that the hair was too long around the, the wrist or the hands, um, you know, and I have to agree. I don't, I haven't taken in too many reports where they're, you know, they could see almost like a cuff of hair around the hands. I haven't seen that. So the hair was probably, as far as accurately depicting what a lot of people, majority of people are seeing, was it was probably just a, a little bit too long. I think most people report a little bit shorter. Um, you know, but the thing, some people report that it's very fine, you know, like hair, you know, very almost well manicured, uh, groomed. And other people report that 
there was there was knots, twists in it. Like this thing had been, you know, going through a bunch of brush and you know, like a dirty, damn dirty ape, you know. But uh, uh, yeah, so there's differences within the, the hair, you know, and a lot of you know it's you know Squatcher Metrics is a guy I follow on Facebook. He helps. Uh, he he's been helping the Olympic project out for a, a couple years now, and he's done some interesting things with. Basically, he does a lot of stuff with the data. Obviously, we've talked about it on the show before, but he does a lot of stuff with data. He collects data from, you know, historical data, uh, recent reports. He uses the BFRO in a lot of different areas. And uh, his talk on hair, uh, I, I, you know, I, I, is pretty fascinating. Um, you know, a lot of people have been reporting, uh, you know, a lot of people report that Sasquatch is seen as, you know, uh, brown or dark brown or almost black when in actuality, you know, a lot of the reports uh, shared, uh, there's a lot of gray Sasquatch out there, or at least, uh, you know, just as many uh, Sasquatch being reported with gray hair as there are uh, black or brown. Uh, I'm going to read this quote from Squatch Metrics from a recent post of his. Uh, let see, Squatch Metrics. Recent report... Um, Within the last couple of weeks, from uh, Washington, uh, of a gray Sasquatch, and he says there are more public reports of gray Sasquatch in the state in the last ten years. That's Washington State in the last ten years than brown. There are also as many reports of gray Sasquatch in that same period publicly as there are black ones. So uh, sounds like you know there's a lot of. <laughs> great reports out there, but it shows you, you know, a lot of the reports I've taken here in Oregon, I haven't taken too many that report gray, more of a, uh, you know, a reddish brown or a dark brown, but then again, you have to go back and look at the time of day or time of night when people are seeing a Sasquatch, possibly, and then, you know, well, can you tell the difference between brown or black or dark brown if it's, you know, 11 p.m. or 1 a.m. in the morning? I mean, pretty difficult to say okay it was brown or dark brown you know i would imagine gray in the right light could well, could look like anything it could look like brown or or definitely black uh and so uh i just noticed that in in the forum in our group page some of the discussion on hair it, it varied all over the place you know some people were reporting brown or reporting you know like a reddish brown and um you know it's kind of like you know i mentioned in there a, a quote from you know our good friend tom baker and fellow associate with the Olympic project you know tom often says you know uh, if there was a car accident and you had you know asked 10 people who witnessed the accident to describe it uh just to describe the accident uh, chances are that you will get more than likely you'll more likely get 10 different answers uh, because people view things differently and they take in things, information differently, and then when shared, you know, uh, it comes out differently. Uh, it doesn't mean the the incident or you know accident in this case didn't happen. Just means that they had a different view on the events or the sighting. And you, you get what I'm saying? Yeah, I, absolutely. There and yeah, you get ten different witnesses to anything, and you get ten different. There's going to be variations from person to person. There'll be and right. that's that happens all the time in in with Bigfoot you get very some of the variations that people report are you know 
their interpretation of what they saw. Uh, and a lot of times people are, when they see something that they, this kind of uh, traumatic event, basically, they, they don't, um, the first tendency of the human brain is to put things into a context that we can to. So we see something that up till that point, you didn't have a context, you know, of that they even existed. You might've thought they were uh, a legend or whatever. And you, you go, your brain goes through a checklist of what am I looking at? And so it, it fuzzes out some of the detail of, of, uh, of what the witness actually sees because their brain is like running, flipping through a chart of, is it this, is it this, is it this? And then it's, it's kind of a, uh, and, and, uh, Bruce was talking about, uh, I'm the word, what was the anthropomorphism where you, you put human characteristics on the, the thing that you're seeing. So, yeah. Um, and, uh, that, that could attribute for some of the, the reports where the, it's more human like, but, uh, so anyway, that's, that's one yeah, of the, you know, it takes, the characteristics. Right. It takes, you know, it takes a human and a creature uh, or a thing to have a sighting. And for, you know, what, 99.9% of, of these sightings, it's a first-time sighting. It's a one-time sighting. And so, and, and not only that, it's a short-time sighting. I don't know of too many reports where it lasted 30 minutes, you know. We're talking, on average, mere seconds. Right. You know, 10 seconds is a long time uh, if you're lucky. Most of the time, it's between three and you know eight seconds. These sightings occur, and you're you know you're asked to take in a whole lot of info right away. Uh, and another interesting thing from from Squatchometrics uh, data analysis and collection of data is that a majority of these sightings happen on roads, uh, you know, as you're driving. So you're talking about driving by something and seeing it, and then you know automatically, you know, as humans, we like to put things in a box. We like to go, okay, well, it was walking by pedally. Uh, I mean, that's probably what was seen. Uh, okay, well, right. you know, and your brain starts thinking and working, well, what walks by pedally, you know? Well, well then you, you already got that taint of it possibly being a human, or it very well could be a human, but then you start, well, it had hair, you know? And so... It, the, the information, you know, all this data collected is tainted, obviously, it, it, because, you know, humans are imperfect. We're not machines. And so it's just going off of what people see, uh, and it's tainted. And, and you know, we do, as humans, like I said, put things in a box. And mm-hmm. We like to attribute We like to attribute uh, our human characteristics upon that. Not saying that uh, – I have no idea what Sasquatch is, but I think a lot of the sightings um, of Sasquatch, uh, you know – we we like to put ourselves upon them. And, well, it did this and that, which, which is similar to what I do. And so there could be some error there. Uh, and yeah. <laughs> well, and I that's I, I'm always of the opinion that that we tend witnesses tend to uh, underestimate their the weight of a when asked to guess a weight. First of all, that's kind of a carnival thing anyway. When you ask somebody to guess. Uh, the weight of an animal that they didn't know existed before their encounter. <laughs> Say, how, well, how heavy do you think it was? And, you know, they apply human characteristics to that and say, well, it would, what would it be if it was a human? 
you know, and it, mm-hmm. I, I think we're talking about take, take our most lean athletes and with, with a ton of muscle on them. And they're, I think we're talking about animals that are much heavier than, um, than most witnesses report when asked to guess their weight. So yeah, just from the girth, I mean, I mean the, the reports of size and stuff, um, in your sighting, Shane, did, did you get a good, um, yours was, you know, you, it was at night. It was, um, yeah. low light conditions. Did you, um, what kind of detail did you see in your report in facial features and, and size and, uh, n- next to none as far as, as real detailed, nothing I could uh, definitively say. You know, it, it was it was early morning, um, fire barely going, uh, it was still crackling, um, and the you know I could make out a hand on a tree and a little bit of hair and a shoulder and a, and a, a, you know like a head. I didn't, couldn't really make out a neck, so I really didn't get the features. Unfortunately, uh, I, I I yearn for those features. Uh, but I didn't really get a whole lot. Uh, I couldn't see a whole bunch of hair. You know, I couldn't see a, you know, a big furry thing. But he could make out hair. And uh, but as far as real definitive features, you know, you really couldn't see a whole lot. You know, I have to admit, it was it was it was hard to. And yeah. I, I, you know, being pretty uh, petrified at the moment, actually looking at this thing. The, you know, the, the the thing that stood out to me was the height, and that I could see a hand and an arm. And a shoulder and a and a head, and this thing was swaying back and forth. That was stuff that stood out to me, because you know, having gone back there the next day, and and uh, you know, subsequently looking at how tall this thing had to have been, it was pretty amazing. But yeah, the features I couldn't make out a whole lot, unfortunately. <clears throat> but uh, you know, uh, but, but enough had, to determine what it was. I mean, you oh, you enough to rule out yeah. about every other thing that is out there. You know. Uh, especially right. in this area, oh yeah, no doubt about it. Uh, pretty, right. um, you know, uh, I, I I know what I was looking at without knowing what I was looking at. If you know, if you understand right. where I'm coming from, I I don't know what Sasquatch right. is, but that was probably a Sasquatch. Uh, chances are, in my book, could I be wrong? Yeah, but uh, that's that's just what um, after two well, it nights comes down to stuff. Right, and you and and the context of of your encounter. So, and that's mm-hmm. that I, I always say that all evidence, you know, requires context. So, it's, yeah. and your, you had had other uh, things happen that, that were like other yeah. uh, reported Sasquatch behavior. So, I mean, right. it, it uh, kind of brings it together when you see something that you know is bipedal that has hands covered in hair, you know peeking behind a tree that that's of a certain size falls in a certain size range. It kind of eliminates almost every, you know, it eliminates everything else. It's some unknown animal. So. Shane, are you still there? Okay. It looks like we lost Shane at the moment, but um, if you uh, have had an encounter and would like to share, please feel free to call in. Um, our call-in number is, i got to move something out of here, is... Gunner, you can't hear me? I can hear you now. <laughs> oh, weird. Yeah, I don't know. I was talking. <laughs> I was just going to say, I was going to say that context is everything, and had I not had 
uh, even if I had not had two nights of some extremely odd and strange things happen, just the sighting alone would almost have sold me. Of course, I would question it like I have since, but context is everything. You know, if you've had <laughs> some really odd stuff happen, um, like we had, I, and you put the, you know, fortunately I had two friends with me, and you put it all together, and experienced hunters and the whole nine, you're left with a couple of conclusions. You know, at least you know that it's probably something unknown. Uh, you know, especially when you're, you don't, you know, I would not assume it to be a hoax as we were all armed and uh, was made known that we were armed. <laughs> but a lot of these sightings um, happen the same way. You know, a lot of these sightings happen the same way. And uh, one of the other things I wanted to point out that I thought was interesting from, from Julie's post in our group um, under the exists uh, still frame was that a lot of the uh, commenters, a lot of the people commenting, said that uh, they can make out skin or body features through the hair. Um, in fact, one guy even uh, commented that he could see nipples through the hair. And so that makes a lot of sense to me. And it doesn't sound absurd uh, at all. Um, why? Because not saying Sasquatch is uh, a primate or a non-human primate or whatever. I'm not, I don't know. But um, you know, given the attributes and all of all the sightings and everything else, one can you know, make a hypothesis or an idea that it may be a non-human primate or something along those lines. Having said that, well, you look at gorillas and primates and non-human primates in general, a lot of that hair, you know, you, you know, it's got, you know, primates, you know, chimpanzees, gorillas, they have hair, but you can still see the skin through the hair. And I mm-hmm. found those comments really interesting because, you know, people are like, well, I could make out muscle tone and features and nipples, whatever. And that's reported a lot. A lot of people say, well, with close-up um, sightings, you know, from a distance, it'd be hard to tell, mm-hmm. I would assume. Right. But from close-up, you can, I, you know, these people are seeing these things, and I, I, I've taken reports similar. I've heard people say this, uh, you know, that you can see the skin through the hair. So I think it depends geographically and the time of year as to, just like any other animal, uh, as to how much hair uh, is on the body at one given time. You know, maybe in the winter they got a thick coat of hair and, uh, maybe, you know, in the summer months they shed that, and you can see a lot, uh, you know, a lot more um, features. Or perhaps, you know, they don't have a whole, you know, they have a lot of hair, but still it's it's thin enough to see the skin and, and the, the features behind the, the, the hair. Well, and that's, I I was talking about muscle tone earlier. I've, I, I've heard many stories where the witness describes, um, like, have them, them having a six-pack abs, being able to see their muscle tone underneath, you know, whatever hair they have. And a lot of times the, the description of the face doesn't, that it's not a hair-covered face, that that there might be hair on the face, uh, but not, it certainly does not cover the face. So it's not, doesn't look well, like Chewbacca. Uh, the, the interesting thing, oh, I was going to say, one of the interesting things about the the facial uh, or the these reports that come in and say that well there it yeah it had hair everywhere but not on the face well it's pretty interesting because you know primates in general and non-human primates tend to rely on facial expression for social you know communication right mm-hmm. and so if your hair if your face is covered in hair if it's got a whole bunch of hair all the place I mean am I gonna, Gunner if you I walked up to you you're, you look like Teen Wolf and make a facial expression, 
I'm not going to be able to read it as clearly as if you had little or no hair, no hair on your face. So it stands is- to reason that something like a Sasquatch would not have a whole bunch of hair around its face. Because I would I would tend to think that it, like many um, primates, tend to use facial expression as a form for social communication, you know, and a nonverbal form of facial communication. And so not having um, facial hair would help with that, <laughs> if you know what right. I'm saying. No, that's a good, yeah. no, that's a very good point, yeah, is that, um, yeah, if you look down the line at, at as you say, other primates, and uh, they don't have their face – faces aren't covered in hair. And when we were talking off air, you know, differentiate, people differentiate between fur, which I think we attribute to more of an animal, you know, that, and, uh, versus, uh, hair, which we seem to attribute more to, to, uh, human primate kind of thing. Though I, I mean, my dog has hair, so it's, that's right. probably not accurate either. So, but the difference yeah, between you know, fur fur being short and coarse, but they're they're made up of the same material as we were talking yeah. about before. Yeah. So. Yeah, keratin. You know, your fingernails are made right. out of the protein keratin. Same with your eyelashes and everything else. So it's all fur and hair are the same thing, but they have different names and different attributes. It's just that simple. So Sasquatch is assumed to have uh, hair rather than fur. Um, and, you know, that's what most sightings report is more uh, hair-like attributes than fur. Even though they're the same thing with different names, there are differences, obviously, you know. And so most of the sightings do reflect that Sasquatch possibly, you know, it's it's, it's hair, you know, uh, more like humans and primates and, and non-human right. primates in general. So <clears throat> stands to reason. <clears throat> And I, yeah, I think I think the differentiation there a lot of times is that hair is thinner and longer and flows, and and fur is coarse and short. And so, but like you said, they're they're the same thing. They're just on different animals. So, right. <clears throat> so, if yeah, you have anybody yeah. that's interested and would like to to uh, share their encounter, feel free to call in. I've shared the number a couple times. I know Shane has. The number is three four seven. Three two six nine eight five nine. So, yeah, I'd love to hear from somebody um, on encounter or just their thoughts in general on the subject because, you know, uh, this can be a heated topic within people, especially those that have had encounters because, um, you know, a lot of times it's emotional for them. You know, it's like, well, this thing did not exist, and bam, there it is. Or, um, you know, they've they've been around other people that have ideas. Uh, and they kind of agree with those ideas. I'm on the boat that I base I you know as much as I know I know nothing. I mean truly, and I'm always willing to listen and hear from other people and maybe pick up something that I never thought about before. I love that. I love when someone comes to me and tells me something, or shares an idea or thought that blows my mind. That I'm like, wow, I never came from that approach. Or I never really considered that. You know, because we don't know what Sasquatch is. Um, I'll tell you they mm-hmm. exist, sure. But what they are, I have no idea exactly. I have my ideas and opinions, but in a day, uh, as far as science con- is concerned, and as far as I'm concerned, it means little. So if you feel like calling in and sharing an encounter or a sighting um, or a story or 
some ideas or theories, love to hear from you. So, yeah, please do call in. And it looks like we have a caller. I'm going to go ahead and, and bring him on. Hold on just a sec. Caller from area code 803. You're on Monster X Radio. Hello, Gunner. This is Mike Richburg. I appreciate you and Hi, Shane Mike. having me on. Oh, you absolutely. Betcha. Thanks, Mike. Glad to have you. Uh, thanks, guys. Yeah, I just wanted to come in on this conversation about the uh, description and morphology. Uh, for those of you that don't know me, uh, I'm what I would consider an investigator. I won't insult the real researchers out there like Shane and Gunner and those doing actual scientific research with uh, trying to brand myself with that moniker. I'm, I refer to myself as an investigator. I've been investigating uh Bigfoot sightings as well as sightings of other things here in South Carolina where I live at for about three decades or so now. And, uh, you know, one of the things uh, that I, I can provide is some insight into this specific geographic region. And, and one of the coolest things about the sightings in my area, and I always thought this was really neat, is you can just about draw a line on a map where reports from one area of the state without fail almost every time describe a black animal, sometimes white, silver, or gray. And in another area of the state, those reports reflect an animal that's not only a little bit different morphology-wise, it's a little taller and thinner build maybe, but also has a reddish-brown coat or hair. And, and I think that's the neatest thing because it, it speaks to me, as far as the legitimacy of the whole thing, it's very unusual that people would take, would, would, we'll put it this way, how would these people know what color animal to report? So just the fact that reports are coming in with consistently describing the same type of animal from the same geographical area, I think that's pretty amazing in itself. But uh, I, I am also a witness, uh, and that's what got me started in this whole thing. Uh, I, I saw an animal at fairly close range in the daylight uh, in 1978, a very long time ago in my youth, and that led me on a, on a path, more or less, that, that, I, that I went down of a very strong interest in cryptozoology. And I'd be happy to share some details about my own personal experience as well, if that's something you'd be interested in hearing. I don't want to tie up all your time. Oh, no, please. Oh, yeah. Go ahead. Uh, well, briefly, uh, and, of course, I'm very grateful you guys had me on the show a very long time ago to describe my encounter and some of these other things. And I won't go into too much long-winded detail. But once upon a time, I was hunting in a swamp in South Carolina, and I witnessed an animal. And the animal I witnessed, was upright, and it was basically the color of a black bear. And that's the first thing I thought when I made visual contact, oh, bear. And then I immediately realized, well, hey, it's upright, and I looked straight at its ear, and it was a round ear, and not like a pointy ear like a bear. And right then, it all kind of hit me. I knew I wasn't looking at a bear, and this was immediately just all wrong. Things wasn't adding up. I wasn't supposed to be looking at what I was looking at. Now, this thing, I would say that the hair, the coat, if you will, was very similar to a black bear. And that's almost, without fail, like I said, consistently reported from that general area. Of course, I didn't know any of that at the time. I didn't even give Bigfoot much thought at all at the time. 
Uh, I had seen that Legend of Bobby Creek, I think, by then. But uh, even when I saw that animal, I didn't relate it to being a Bigfoot because the preconceived notion about the shaggy, moss-covered Bigfoot representation or portrayal in the Bobby Creek movie, what I saw had a very short groom coat, much like a black bear, uh, but it walked upright. And I saw that round ear. And I could tell you that the hair did not cover all the face. I did not get a good look at the face because the animal was quartering away from me when I saw it. And when I say that, what I mean is I was more or less looking over its shoulder and uh, as it walked kind of away from me. And I could tell you that the skin was a dull gray color with a black coat of hair. And the skin did not uh, was present on the face area to some degree, but I couldn't make out any detail because I was just looking at it from the side, if you will, but I could tell you it had gray hair, I mean uh, gray skin, and the hands, it had hands, not paws, because I saw it much like I or another person might walk through the woods. It was taking his hands, moving the branches out of his way, like, so it wasn't like the branch wouldn't hit him in the face or whatever, you know, I don't know if you ever walked through really thick cover. Mm-hmm. Have, you know what I'm talking about. So I got a good look at his right hand. I say his. But the biggest thing that jumped out of me when this thing went down was the proportion of the animal, the morphology, the shape. Uh, even though I say this animal is only about seven and a half foot tall, the massive size, the broadness of the shoulders, I could never, like, underemphasize. It was a cartoonish proportion. The arms, the upper body, you know, the chest, the torso, just massive. I mean, it's, and, and every time I see a, a, a blurry blob of a Sasquatch, guys, I always say, well, that doesn't look anything like what I saw. That's not mean that it's not real. Just like that patrol of... Uh, the Bigfoot in a movie that Julie had posted about in the group. Not to say that people hadn't seen one that looked like that, but that doesn't look anything like what I saw. What I saw right. almost, if you could imagine, had a build like uh, the English Bulldog in a cartoon where the front of the body is like 90% mm. of the animal and it's got this little butt with little tiny legs on it. That's what I saw. <laughs> I'm a, if you can kind of get that in your head. And in yeah. 2012... I had another daylight encounter where I knew what I was looking at wasn't a bear. And I saw it running. And the same type of morphology was present there. And as the animal ran, it's almost like it was tucking its rear end up under. It's a very difficult thing to describe, but it, it started off running on all fours and it's almost like his rear end was going up under him every time he would take a stride. He was using the front of his body a lot more than the back of his body, if you know what I mean. That's a lot. You know, I took away from my experience that more than anything was the massive size and the power, apparent power, of the upper body and the disproportionate size of the arms to, like, the legs that you see. So yeah, and and it's funny because your description is is what I was goes to what I was talking about earlier, where witnesses often can't emphasize enough 
the how massive, how large these these uh, animals are. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree. Even though now the animal I say was seven and a half feet, I mean I know a lot of people report an animal looks much larger when they have an encounter, but still the weight, uh, I, you know, I estimate the weight gunner at around seven hundred pounds probably. Now that sounds like a high number to some people, but if you ever mess with livestock any or or, or big game much and that type of thing, it's uh once something gets a little size on it, the weight starts going up a lot. Uh, like a big cow right. is a lot heavier than a little cow. You know, it's just right. a proportion you know, thing. And Mike, you know, your your estimation or guesstimate of the height, you know, it falls right in line with, you know, what Squatcher Metrics is doing with the data and his findings, you know, I think uh, from one of his um, data charts from the 1940s through the 2010 era, era, you know, uh, predominantly shows that the average sighting um, from people from those years taken uh, is between seven and seven and a half feet tall. And that falls right in line with your sighting and many sightings out there. So there seems to be a commonality there and a pattern, you know, that, that the sightings reflect that from the data that has been taken in with Squatcher Metrics. And I know you like Squatcher Metrics as much as I do, and I get to work with the guy, but it's one of those fascinating things um, that I think uh, makes good point to to what you're saying right now. Yeah, I, I can't say enough, Shane, about Squatcher Metrics and, and what they are bringing to the community. I, I, I could sit here for 30 minutes building that up. <laughs> right, but, uh, yeah. But, uh, yeah, I, I, we're in total agreement on that. But, yeah, you know, a lot of the animals reported, like, there again, in one area of, the, of my particular state of South Carolina, that's a very small sample size, you have to understand. But there again, uh, you know, areas in a, uh, animals in another area of the state are reported a little thinner build, a little bit different morphology, and uh, totally different appearance, really, with that reddish-brown orang hair and a little bit longer hair more of a basketball player build and a football player build. Yeah. I think that's kind of an interesting take, too, on this whole thing. Uh, and also, the I have, you know, this personally, this friend of mine, you know, I have a lot of long-winded theories about why the animals are certain colors and, and all that. I, I'll right. skip all that and just say that it's very compelling when I, when I hear over the years, over the decades even now, again and again, about the same type of animal being seen in the same uh, areas. And there again, the white, somebody touched on, you know, the white, gray, silver. I think you brought that up with the Squatcher Metrics. Uh, Around here, I would estimate that that ratio is much lower. We have those type of reports sprinkled in. And that tends to be more where the black type animals are seen, kind of like in what we call the low country area. Uh, say Francis Marion on down to like the Savannah, Georgia area. Uh, in that area, almost consistently, you know, over and over again, you get uh, the the black short-haired gorilla-type animal with a very large torso, large arms. And then in the PD area of the state, uh, near the Lynch's River, Great PD River, etc. In that area of the state, you get that more of a basketball player build with the orange-colored hair. And in that area, you have some variance in color, but rarely do you get a report of a gray or silver animal. What you do get occasionally is a report of a coyote-colored or sand-colored animal. Mm-hmm. 
and I think that's kind of an anomaly I would like to know more about. Of course, sample size is very small, and there's no telling how many reports are going, you know, unaccounted for and that type of thing. But I, I can tell you that even within my small state of South Carolina, there's quite a variance in a reported morphology. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you know, a lot of coyotes, you know, speaking of that color, a lot of coyotes reflect that color, is that grayish, you know, uh, sometimes sandy well, yes, color. that's often what the witness will describe as a coyote-colored animal. They will use that exact uh, terminology to describe yeah, that no case of coloration. No, great It's point. almost like the hair is one color, and it's a different color on the tip of the hair. Mm-hmm. And it kind of gives yeah. like a, depending on which angle you're looking at, it kind of looks different. Right. And uh, that's reflected with a lot of the reports out there. Um you know, specifically that that variance in color and hair in in between, say the base and the tip and the, the whole nine. <laughs> right now, one other, other thing came up was about the uh, facial features, and I can't really give you a personal take on that. But the reports from around here basically would tend to reflect more often than not. Of course, there's a wide variance there, but more often than not, you're talking about an animal with a hooded nose, much like a human nose, but very flat. That seems to be reported more often than not. For right. those witnesses that seem to have apparently got a pretty good look. Yeah, and that, so, yeah, yeah they, I hear that a lot too. Yeah, And that makes some sense uh, as far as being able to do things uh, aquatically and that type of thing. And I have had a few reports over the years of uh, Bigfoot actually being seen in the water. So that's another aspect. And I'm sure, you know, if you didn't have a hooded nose uh, and you tried to go in the water, that could be problematic maybe. It's just like the monkey that sneezes. They found it now that it, when it rains, it sneezes, if you know what I'm talking about. And yeah. Mar, I, I'm sure I'm mispronouncing that, Indonesia. But... Uh, yeah, I mean, the shape of the nose and the shape of the whole animal. Morphology means everything. It directly equates to what the animal can and can't do and the lifestyle it lives. So all these types of things are very interesting for me. And uh, I really appreciate Julie first for posting that and for you guys having a show on the topic because it's something I've always found very interesting. And I just wanted to call in and give my little two cents worth. I won't keep you guys any longer. <laughs> well, we really appreciate you calling in, Mike. So... And, and uh, you have a show that, that uh, talks about Bigfoot quite often. Where, where can people find you? Uh, well, we used to. Uh, we oh. <laughs> uh, be going in a new direction now, and actually okay. there's probably some news coming out about that before too long. So All right. I, I would like to uh, maybe make it a point to uh, I'll break that news right here on Monster X when that does develop. Well, I appreciate that. Find out first, okay? <laughs> okay. Hey, no problem, man. That's the least I can do. I appreciate All right. the hospitality as always. Thank you, gentlemen. All right. Thanks, Mike. Thank you, Mike. And Shane, it looks like we have another caller from area code eight one five. Welcome to Monster X Radio. <laughs> James, can you hear me? Hi, James. Hello, can you hear me? I yeah, can. I hear you, yeah. All right. It's working. James, Jim. Hello. <laughs> Hello. 
Sorry, Who are we talking to? This is Jimmy right. and Billy Bob over here. Hold on. Hello? See, it's Hello. not working again. I just plugged into the USB port. Smack it. <laughs> <laughs> that always works. <laughs> yeah, that's my fix. My That's always my first uh, go-to Marcus. on electronics. We yeah. can hear you. Can you okay. hear us? Yeah. My first question is that other fellow you were talking to there, he was talking about going out in the woods and he was going to go after Bigfoot. And I want to know why people aren't just leaving Bigfoot alone. There's a reason he's avoiding everybody here. I mean, why is everybody always out there messing with him, trying to find him? Well, I think that's human curiosity is the best answer for that. Well, would you want people up in your business like that? Well, let me um, let me let me go let, ahead. Me, let me chime in real quick first. Wrong? You know, well, yeah, no, no, no. You, you bring up a valid point. I won't just you know scout that. I will say that. The predominant amount of sightings out there occur from people out just doing their, you know, camping, um, hiking. And so they're not actively looking for Sasquatch, but they get an encounter. So who's messing with who? You know, uh, most of your full-time researchers, enthusiasts and whatnot, really don't get sightings. Uh, You can say they're messing with them, but really what are they messing with? We have no idea. But most of your sightings come from people camping and hiking and doing your daily stuff. Hold on. All right. My name is Billy Bob. I'm friends with Jimmy. Yeah. And I have my own views on Sasquatch, and I would appreciate it if you guys stopped calling him Bigfoot um, because that's that's like calling a black person the N-word. To who? In my society. Well, okay. So you're saying you know what Sasquatch is? Like one hundred percent. I'm saying that I have some good theories. Okay. And my society, my society follows the moral guidings and teachings of Sasquatch. Gotcha. And and what what I'm saying is, go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. What I'm okay. What I'm saying is, you're going out there and you're you keep bugging, looking for Sasquatch. These people coming up in his territory. And he's not going to get mad. I mean, a lot of these people seem to have somewhat negative experiences with Sasquatch that I'm reading about. And in order to prosper with Sasquatch, you must let him into your heart. How how does how does one do that exactly? I'm just asking because you know I've not really had <clears throat> you know what what most consider a negative. Sasquatch, possible Sasquatch experience or encounter could be just how they take it. You know what I'm saying? If if I go to the jungles of Africa or whatnot, and I run into um, um, a silverback gorilla, uh, and he, I assume, you know, he charges me or something. I assume that that is a negative thing, or he's throwing stuff at me, or whatever he's doing. I'm assuming. And I'm not trust you, I'm not saying Sasquatch is a, a gorilla or anything like that. I'm just saying for an example. But I'm assuming that that's negative. When in fact it could be something completely different, you know. So how does one assume what is a negative experience? And then to get back to your point is, how does one go about doing what you're saying they should do with Sasquatch? There's a big difference there between going after the gorillas up in the mountains. 
I mean, you're, you're talking about going up there after the gorillas. So if they tell you, hey, there's gorillas up in these mountains, they're aggressive if you piss them off. Do you purposely go up on a tour through those aggressive gorillas' territory? No. But, you know, I go into okay, areas where there's bears. Okay, well, I go into areas where there's bears. Internet dwellers that want to write these little blogs about their Bigfoot experiences without ever actually going out there themselves because they're doing interviews with people over Skype. They got it wrong. We've read the forms. We know what they're talking about. Even the furries have told them they're full of shit and kicked them off of FurNation.com's forms. There are people that are lying about what Sasquatch is all about. Sure. And exactly. There there are a lot of people people that lie about it. There's also honest people out there uh, sharing their experiences. You know, I go into areas where there are bears and stuff, and I know that bears can be aggressive, but I I know that most bears avoid you. And... Um, do I, do, have I have I gone out looking for bears but had a bear experience? Sure. Hey. Uh, there's been tons of times where I've been out hiking and a bear's run across the path or I've been oh, in the bear. looking for Bigfoot. Why would you send anybody out looking for the bear? Pardon? Why would you send call. anybody out looking for the bear? But what, about, what about these shows about searching for Sasquatch? They're, yeah. They are deliberately going out there. But lives in danger. Lives are in danger. Yeah. I mean, Sasquatch doesn't want to be messed with. The select few of us that have the privilege of his being, you know, we we can. I can't really talk much about that, honestly. But well, you know, you're you're making a lot of definitive statements here, and uh, and I, I mean no offense, trust me, but you're making a lot of definitive statements here um, that uh, I don't know. Uh, I'm not seeing any evidence to, to you know, contrary that what you're saying is true. You know, how do I, how how does one know that Sasquatch, uh, you know, like I said, these sightings, mostly, 99% of them occur from your people doing average things, not looking for Sasquatch, they just happen to run into them, or Sasquatch appears before them. No, I'm serious, say how much he knows about the woods, he's just one of those bloggers. Are you one of them, them hipster bloggers with the fake beards and all that stuff? Who? Have, I mean, do you, do you have experience in these woods? I have a great experience in the woods and a great respect for the for Sasquatch in general and love discussing the topic with, with people. But I, Reasonable I, I don't people. like Yeah, yeah. I appreciate I appreciate you calling in, but uh, we're gonna move on. <laughs> I, I don't know what that was about, <laughs> but but that was an interesting yeah. conversation. I no, I no. I don't like to cut people I, off, but uh, I my my impression is that they were messing with us, <laughs> and people that are telling me that they have a special relationship with uh, Sasquatch, um, yeah, maybe they do. Be all they, over the and, news, and and, yeah. and I respect the caller for calling in and giving his two cents, but I you know between the background noise and someone shouting something stuff, I couldn't make heads or right. tails of what the heck they were talking about, unfortunately. And I wish and I, I uh, wish I wish the best to Billy Bob and Jimmy Bob. But uh, yeah, we're moving on. So, but no, but I I would like to discuss this because this is go ahead. You know, it's uh, you know, you get these calls and these. This is you know, sort of the dissension that you you run into uh, in this field. Uh, and uh, I'm not disrespecting the call at all. I, I I'm thankful that he's listening to the show, but it, he apparently didn't know any background on us or what we're about or what we're trying to right. do, and that's unfortunate. Uh, having said that, you know, uh, good luck, um, Billy. Well, Bob what's interesting not, to me uh, is that is is that they're talking about having 
apparently they're out. How did they come to have a special relationship with Sasquatch if they weren't out looking for them? Did Sasquatch come looking for them? So it yeah, seems like I mean, that it, could yeah. have been a whole yeah. other show. Yeah. <laughs> you, know, so, you know, and I tried to make a point yeah. with, you know, with, you know, with Billy the Bob. thing is, you know, researchers and enthusiasts and whatnot that are have had a sighting um, in the past, you know, the chances of doing that again, guess what? Almost not going to happen or is very rare as far as the sighting is concerned. And so I brought up the point of the bear because, you know, it's the same thing. You know, a lot of people go hiking in the woods or camping or fishing, and they, they run into bears. Well, the same thing happens with Sasquatch encounters is that people aren't actually looking for these things, and they don't even assume them to exist. So just like people going out in the woods, you know, they may have a an idea that there are bears in areas, but, you know, they're not assuming they're going to see a bear, but they do. These things happen, okay? And are, does that make them uh, evil or wrong for going out to the woods and enjoying nature and fishing and the whole thing? No, no, no. They were lucky to have a sighting of a bear or a sighting of a Sasquatch. I mean, they're just lucky and blessed to have that. And that's where predominantly most of your sightings come from, period. I mean, that's where right. the databases, you look at the databases, it's, it, the majority don't come from researchers or enthusiasts or people actively looking for Sasquatch. And most of those people aren't even looking to do harm to Sasquatch. They're looking to collect data and whatnot. So right. I don't know what else to no, say it was an, I, I really don't. Yeah. Well, and that's you, – you make a valid point is that the vast majority of reports of sightings and encounters with, with this creature are from people that were now not – or were not out looking for it. So right. – um, we hope when we're out looking that we have something happen. And I, I am an active field researcher, as are you. And we, the times that I've had what I, I think may have been Sasquatch activity, um, it hasn't been negative per se. Uh, they seem to be about right. as, as curious about us as we are about them. So I don't. Uh, right. Yeah. You're you're lucky that you be in, you most times you're in the right place at the right time and um that's why most of the sightings happen with uh you know average people doing average things and you just happen to be right. in the right spot at the right time. You know, these these sightings are rare. You know, I mean even bear sightings with the exception of a few places, you know, like Yosemite. I used to camp at Yosemite all the time. We see bears all the time, and that's why they had bear boxes out there. But you go to places around Mount Hood are there bears around? Heck yeah. But you don't often see a bear out there. You, you see evidence of bears. Sometimes you'll see uh, tracks or impressions. Uh, rarely, you know, you find scat. You don't necessarily see bears all the time, but they're out there, you know. And so it's just, uh, do I mean harm to the bear because I'm going out there? I don't know his point about am I looking to do bear harm. No, um, I, I personally don't hunt bear. I have friends that hunt bear. You know, but I'm not out to do bear harm. Uh, you know, just like I'm not out I to did, do Sasquatch yeah. harm. I love I love researching stuff about bears when I'm out there. If I find bear stuff, I love learning about the bear and what they're eating and and where they're going and what they're doing. I love that stuff. But it's just you know, yeah. cause I, I love being like a naturalist. You know, not that I mean doing any harm. <laughs> that's but that's the danger of of uh, doing live shows and and taking calls. Sometimes is that you get people that that want to be combative and it seemed to be a little combative with, uh, well, when he was, when he was going, what, yeah, when he was hunting the monster X host, but, uh, he was hunting us. 
the the the, com- the the comment about are you a you know a blogger and something about and I don't I I, I he lost me at some point so next uh, if he just <laughs> if he just does a little research on us and in, in the background right. um and you know what uh, listener if you're still there Bob um look us up and you know what send us some information about yourselves and maybe I can learn a little bit more about you guys and you can learn a little bit more about us and maybe we can meet some common ground. But, uh, yeah, um, I guess you're right, Gunner. That is that. And we can move on from there. <laughs> so back to the topic at hand, which is what does Bigfoot look like? <laughs> yeah. I, you know, I have – I mean, my only – I only – you know, if I can uh, go by wit- other witnesses' reports because I'm still on the other side of the fence. I have not walked through the door with the confirmation experience yet. So um, the the Vasley and and the the picture that that Julie posted in the group um, and the context of you know we I think we've determined that a lot of times they have a lot more um, girth to them than though I've heard stories of uh, there's a story from down here on the coast um, where uh, out by Cape Mir State Park. And the witness saw one stand up, and it was and dis- described it as as skinny or slender. So, uh, you know, yeah. Uh, real quick, you know, a lot of the sightings in the area that you know we do a lot of stuff up the Olympics, obviously, and we do a, a tremendous amount of research on the, the Tillamook Coast. Uh, some of the uh, a good majority of the sightings up at Clackamas County, where uh, where I had my sighting, and I do a lot of research in um, report slender tall sasquatches uh with like uh you know a reddish tone to the hair a reddish brown tone but there a lot of the roadside crossings there are are of thin um individuals and you know even some you know cliff brackman has uh in his possession a you know we talked about on the show before of a trail cam picture of something running um, past a tree, and it looks rather thin. It's kind of blurry, but it's it, you make out the hair and whatnot. And he was shared that by some uh, uh, law enforcement individuals. It was their troll cam, and so they shared it with Cliff. But anyways, that the hair looks kind of you know this reddish color, which is reported out there. And you know a lot of the reports up there talk about slenderness. You know, so you know you can make a lot of assumptions and ideas. You know, I like to think that. For whatever reason, there's a lot of, um, and possibly, you know, a lot of uh, young male or or young Sasquatches in this particular area that, you know, share the, you know, the slenderness, I think, is due to age. That's just my opinion, you know, uh, due to age. Even though some of them can be rather tall, it's due to age and they, or, you know, malnutrition or not, because a lot of these sightings also occur alongside roadside killings, you know, like as far as, you know, uh, dead deer on the side of the road. So they're, they're scavenging, apparently, or possibly alongside the Clackamas, uh, you know, the road there um, between, you know, you know uh, the Clackamas River. And so possibly, you know, some of these signs have, you know, some of the reports have said that, you know, there was something crouched around a roadkill and got up and walked away, and it was a, a thin individual. And so that's, that, to me, is very interesting. <clears throat> yeah, and I've been reading uh, Joe Bielard's Oregon Bigfoot Highway book, and the reports in there are are, uh, are varied as well. So, 
Um, so yeah. it's interesting because some of those reports are very consistent between. So you, it it seems like the uh, you're talking about the same animal that people have seen more than once, and uh, or same individuals possibly. You know, it's it's right. very that's, interesting. To, yeah, yeah, and and uh, that's not necessarily seen. You know, there is a lot of people report more girth and whatnot, but up in Clackamas, you know, a lot of the sightings are of these these tall and thin. Uh, color and, and reddish colored uh individuals yeah it's it's um, uh and then and like you said you you hit on something earlier that i i've heard consistently too is that the the further north you go and up into canada even more so that that the the larger taller uh that the reports seem to be though i once uh investigated a report of a of a possible um, and I still wonder about it because of the size, the context, but mm-hmm. the the size would have been about 16 feet tall or was it four, or it may have been 14. Now I'm, I'm a little fuzzy. It's been so long ago, but somewhere yeah. even 14 foot tall, white Bigfoot to me um, is, is a, a stretch, you know, cause how do you hide? But I, there's, there's gotta be, you know, the Shaquille O'Neal of, of, of Bigfoot. And I'll continue to use the word Bigfoot, by the way, just because that's, you know, they, um, <laughs> Bigfoot has not told me not to use it. So, um, yeah. Anyway, and, and, you know, some, so, of the, some, some of the comments in chat are, are, are spot on, or at least it makes sense to me, you know, about, you know, it, you know, these, these traits may be genetic, you know, um, with right. the, the red hair and slimness. It could be genetic, absolutely. Um, we don't have to go too far to look at that stuff. Go to your local zoo, get online and look at your, you know, your non-human primates. And there's great diversity in the genetics of orangutans and your silverbacks and your chimpanzees and your baboons and the whole nine. I mean, great diversity uh, that sticks out like a sore thumb. So, yes, very, and, and look at humans in general. <laughs> humans, uh, uh, we are we come in all shapes, sizes, and colors, but we're still human. So... Um, no, great points. Well, it looks like we've got another caller. We're, let's go ahead and, and uh, give him a bring hey. him on. Yeah, let's, let's try this one. Hey, this is Hello. Gunner and Shane with Monster X. Who we got on the line? Hello, caller. Can you hear me now, sir? Caller, we can. Who 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 are we talking to? This is Don Gooby. Sorry about that. I had my microphone on. I don't. Oh no worries. How are you gentlemen doing tonight? Doing great. Fine. Thanks for joining us. Okay, I'm actually calling in response to the last caller you got, asking why people are going out there, because it's an animal that we need to know why is out there. We need to know what is out there might come out of the woods and grab our children. I mean, if it's some kind of ape creature that's intelligent, we don't want it to create... I mean, I'm not actually going to mean it creates its own nuke, but what if one of these tribes comes running out of the middle of Colorado and murders like 10,000 people at a shopping mall that nobody expected some caveman to come running out of the woods and kill us? That would be a bad day for both yeah. humanity well, there's not, there's not. and Bigfoot to rub it in your nose because that's what it is. It's a Bigfoot. That's what we call it. <laughs> He said he was part of some cult. Uh, well, it seems that that seemed to be the direction he was going. That he was part of the no, some special they're, they're insight. So on Blog Talk quite a bit. 
Oh. Huh. I know Hold who the two of the yeah. were. Okay. And the, the okay. guy that got on before them, I know who he was. He's part of the same group that calls all these paranormal shows. So uh, no, you you know uh, I agree. We we I, I feel like we do need to understand Bigfoot and uh, and understand what it's about and what it's doing and and all that. I I agree, and and I have no shame in saying that it's a passion of mine to dis- discover the creature and, and learn about it, uh, not to do it harm, but to maybe to do it good. And it, yeah, it, exactly. And then it might need to pay taxes. And I mean, what about its children? If they're intelligent enough, why aren't they in school? Well, I don't know about that. <laughs> that's a whole and, I, and I'm not too concerned about no, about them invading a city either. So. You might think that's a joke and that's a silly question, but that's a serious thing to think about. If we find out they have the intelligence the same as us, the capacity, if taught, do we not want to help them? But do they need they, help? I think, yeah. Okay, okay. I have something to say, don't worry. Hold on, pass it off, hold on a second. Yes, hello, sorry, I'm a Bigfoot enthusiast. Oh, welcome to the show. Uh, My name is Michael, I I apologize. Okay. Um, What he's saying is that we should help them. I personally believe that we don't need to help them, because if we have had a sighting here and a sighting there... That's telling me that they're more, you know, um, they're smarter than we are. If they can stay so well hidden in, quite frankly, a world that's so populated, that tells me that then that they don't need our help. But could they be just be experts at what they do? You know, not not many humans live in the woods uh, 365 days out of the year. And so could they, like just many other animals out there, not just be experts at what they do and, and you know, been born in, in the woods, been born in these, these areas that they're just that, and, and just that rare, but also uh, that much more experienced than us. Uh, I mean, we don't live in the woods, you know. I mean, Native Americans Exactly. Can I, can I point this out? Can I interrupt you? I'm sorry. I'm going to let you finish. Yeah, yeah. Let me put oh, this oh, out. Because I understand exactly what you're saying, but that's what I'm about to point out. If you found out that you and your people have been spending the last thousand years wiping your ass with tree leaves when the civilization next door figured out how to make toilet paper, wouldn't you want some toilet paper out there in your woods? So your your assumption or idea is that Sasquatch is more human-like than uh, animal. Doesn't isn't that sense. where isn't that what everybody's assuming? No, no. No, it's it. not. Uh, it isn't. Yeah, no, it's not what everybody is assuming at all. I thought because he's bipedal, everybody already assumes that he's more intelligent. No. He's not a gorilla. This isn't a gorilla, guys. Uh, well, some people we, we, believe we, that it is. It's a, that yeah, it's exactly people. that. That it's a land ape. Yeah, that it's it's undiscovered primate and a, a gorilla, close most closely well, we might related to a gorilla. Bag. It's a mangy bear at that point. I mean, that's what a bear looks like standing upright. If you're giving up on uh, this, no, this actually, I, I completely disagree with you. I'm, I'm going to mute you for a second because I don't want to be talked over. But and uh, but actually, uh, a mangy bear and Bigfoot, 
eyewitness reports uh, vary greatly. So a bear does not walk, you know, in the same manner as, as what people report a Bigfoot walking as. Um, and I, I think we're, we're just going to have to agree to disagree that, that uh, they don't need to go to school or pay taxes and, and, uh, and that we don't need to bring them in and shave them. And, you know, I wouldn't mind having one come in and uh, be as a sports agent, but, but that's, uh, <laughs> that's another matter altogether. So um, I appreciate you calling in caller. We're going to, we're going to move on. So sorry about that shame. Yeah, team like I don't that, know what's was, going on that with conversation wasn't now. going anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, a I, lot of the you know I don't. Could, uh, yeah, yeah, it could be it could be uh, some of the same guys. I have no idea, uh, right. unfortunately. But once again, um, some very invalid, uh, some in, very invalid points, uh, and a lot of assumptions made. You know, does everybody believe that they're they're more human like? No, far from it. No. Uh, there's and, and right now we don't we don't know what the heck Sasquatch is, and I don't think anybody here. I think if, you, if you're going to take this subject seriously, um, you're not. You're going to realize you don't have a Sasquatch in your back pocket, and so uh, it's just ludicrous to make all these assumptions. And some of those, <laughs> Bruce Kelly is a full moon tonight. Uh, right. Well, I must be, uh, but uh, no, uh, <laughs> I don't know what to say. You know, uh, this, this is not logical reasoning. It's not uh, really furthering anything despite your opinion on what Sasquatch movie it really calls like that I'm sorry just don't do justice to the subject uh well obviously I mean this is not Monster Wreck is not is not Bigfoot 101 so if you haven't read enough to know that that uh uh what people report is obviously not a mangy bear that there's a then then you need to go start at the beginning and uh, come back when when you've uh, at least caught up to that much <laughs> Um, and I don't mean to be insulting, but the, the the callers were were bringing up points that if you read anything about Bigfoot, um, you would not not be asking that question. So um, right, yeah, you know, and, no, well said. <laughs> to a C. So, um, but uh, yeah. it, you know, we're talking we're talking about something that people describe with arms and hands, and and obviously whatever you your your encounter, you saw something that had hands. What Mike. Uh, described earlier was something that had hands. Bears don't have hands; they have they have paws. So that that's my lesson in in Bigfoot 101 uh, tonight. So <laughs> it, yeah, exactly. You know, uh, a lot of these sightings uh, report, including my own, that we've had rocks thrown at us uh, involved right. with a sighting. Did I see a Sasquatch throw a rock? No, but. Given the time uh, reference and everything else that happened, I can assume or possibly hypothesize that that rock that came into our camp may have come from the same thing that I saw. Um, was it meaning to do us harm? I have no idea. I think if it wanted to do us harm, it could have done you know a, a softball-sized rock that missed a tent. I think it could have nailed our tent with multiple rocks, or just come into camp and stomped us. Um, but uh, the, the the caller also alluded to. I think he said he was from Colorado and. The, the missing people and all this stuff. Does Sasquatch kidnap people and all that? I have no idea. I have no idea. Uh, I think if you're in the wrong place at the wrong time in a certain scenario, you know, just like if you get between a mother and her cub, you're probably in a world of hurt. But right. I, I just, I, I don't know of too many people that have come back saying that 
Is anybody else, uh, can you type in the chat room if you're hearing Shane? Because I'm not hearing Shane at the moment. Oh. I think you might. Hey, there you are. Uh, I've been here the whole time. So I think we're having some technical issues tonight because I've not logged out or anything. But I've seen a few people report that uh, they're having a hard time hearing the show. So forgive uh, us and blog talk. But, uh, um, oh. Yeah, no shame. That's uh, reporting. Yeah, so we lost well, you a couple uh, times tonight. I must have cloaked, so I yes. apologize. <laughs> I was concerned that that Billy Bob and and Jim had had uh, grabbed you to take you and show you their Bigfoot people. <laughs> right. Uh, <laughs> brutal, brutal. But uh, no, I, I was. Uh, I don't know. If you heard this on the show or not? But I was talking about you know the the things that happened with missing people. This this caller talked about Colorado. And missing people and this and that. Well, you know, we we can't say Sasquatch is kidnapping people or or doing this stuff. But you know, we can look at uh, no nature. You know, if you get between a, a mother cub and you know her, you know a bear, you know a bear and her and her cub, you're probably in trouble. And so, you know, I'm not going to jump into extremities here. But you know, one can assume that. For those of, the, of us that know Sasquatch exists, that if you are in the wrong place at the wrong time, something bad could happen. But there's no proof that Sasquatch is is kidnapping or killing people. Could it happen? Of course, of course it could happen. Yeah. Um, you know, but there's a, a lot of uh, these are all you know possibilities. But yet we've not proven this, this existence of Sasquatch. So you know, it's it, that's a whole nother show a whole nother step away uh, from what we're talking about tonight. We're talking about what what does Sasquatch look like to the witnesses? What are they describing? You know, and most of them, the majority of the witnesses out there describe, I mean, within the realm of things, the same thing with a few differences. You know, like I said about, you know, my quote from Tom Baker of the Limit Project earlier was that, you know, you get a bunch of people uh, that witness a, a, a car accident and get them to describe that accident, um, they're going to come up with different uh, opinions and ideas and, and whatnot. You're going to get differences there. But it doesn't mean the incident didn't happen. And so that's what we're talking about tonight. What does Sasquatch look like? And predominantly, you know, Sasquatch is described as the same thing, predominantly. Gunner, you were talking about earlier before the show about some of these uh, recent dogman sightings and stuff out there, um, and I, we were discussing that, and... You know, I think a lot of the dogman sightings are misidentifications. Um, some of them are hoaxes, just like the Sasquatch phenom. You know, a lot of those are misidentifications and hoaxes and, and people playing tricks on people. But some of these, you know, um, sightings are kind of profound, and they're very interesting, uh, you know, because they do sit outside what we think Sasquatch looks like. Um, what are your thoughts? Well, I... I've not I'm not really familiar with the whole dog man phenomenon but I I would think that there there would be um uh an opportunity for misidentification people thinking that they're seeing something you know that uh 
and it, and they they then fit it into another category. Maybe they've heard a, a, a story about dogmen, so they see something in the woods that is un, they can't identify, and they they and maybe it's a Bigfoot, and they but they say dogman because that's their context. You know, you don't always know what the the uh, context of people's um, experience are prior to when they have these encounters. So. Um, and and yeah. that's it. You know, sometimes they and and Bruce brings up a good point. Maybe they, you know, maybe they see something that has a facial deformity. Uh, it's interesting is there's or, footprints. You know, there's some there's footprints that have been found where there's it looks like a cripple foot comes to mind. Is something lives in the woods? You, you imagine that there's occasional that there's damage that happen. They have some kind of uh, physical. Uh, uh, injury that that heals and and maybe that happens with the face but i don't know well yeah and and then you know the human element comes into factor always you know if you're in a different part of the country say you're like in wisconsin where the dogman has come to be famous you know uh the beast mm-hmm. of ray road um you may have that in your head and if you see something that's acting dog-like you know say it's on all fours and there's many sasquatch sightings that are are reported to be uh, you know, signs that report that the Sasquatch is on all fours and it gets up and walks bipedally. If you already had that in your head that, uh, you know, there's been reports of dogmen on these areas or it's acting canine-like, you may say, well, psh, it was, that was a dogman, when it could have been, in fact, a, a, a um, Bigfoot or something else. Who knows? Uh, I'm not discounting dogman sightings. Trust me. <clears throat> Just not been. I, in all the years I've been doing Sasquatch research, there's only been one a uh, possible dogman sighting up here, and that was in Albany, uh, Oregon. One, and it was in the water before it entered the land. Um, they, you know, the sighting was that it had a, a, a snout and the whole nine, but um, not many up here in the Pacific Northwest. Now, back east is a different story. Is there something to that? Well, one of our guests, Mike Richburg, that was on tonight, uh, that called in, He's done extensive research on a subject called the hide-behind. And the hide-behind, if you look it up, and I recommend you do because it's very interesting, and it comes from the Native Americans, hides behind trees and peaks and whatnot, but it's described more dog-like. You know, it's got more of a snout and whatnot. It's it's pretty fascinating, uh, no matter if it's real or not. Uh, Historically, it's just a fascinating subject. Is there something to the dogman? I don't know, but... Your vast majority of reports describe something very ape-like with human attributes that walks bipedally, that has hair, and, you know, a mannerism that reflects primates. I mean, that's just, that's just, the, that's just the, the cold hard truth. Now, what it is, just because it acts a certain way and looks a certain way doesn't mean, you know, it's like walks like a duck, talks like a duck, doesn't mean it's necessarily a duck, you know. It could be right. something quite profound and unique. And I often say that to people is that <clears throat> even though these sightings reflect a primate or non-human primate, doesn't mean that it's, it even fits there. It could be something really unique that we have not discovered in the fossil record yet that we not, you know, and I always leave that window open. I think it's a fascinating topic because we really don't, we don't have a body. We don't have anything concrete. We have pictures and stories and encounters and the patty film and this and that, uh, but we don't have anything concrete. So I'm always open to the fact that it could be something really unique, uh, and I, that's exciting to me. Um, really unique, you know. And that's 
and you the the point of uh the them being on all fours and for longest time yeah. when i first started researching bigfoot i had not ever heard a report of them being on all fours and then that characteristic seemed to uh appear and if you go back it there's stories that are older but i had not heard them um and if i had seen something on all fours i, I probably wouldn't have uh thought bigfoot I would have thought more, you know, dog-like animal or something that I would put in a context of something that, that I knew. So for the longest, that, that was something as you go forward and you learn about, um, hear other reports and you're in the field for a longer period of time, you you run into stuff like that. So, um, right. We've got about, and, and, you know, about a minute and a half left, Shane. Yeah. I was going to say real quick on that subject, you know, you know, it makes no sense that these things would not be on all fours at times. Uh, it just makes, you know, uh, a lot of people look up when they're doing the research. But if you look down, I mean, yeah, they're looking for, for tracks or impressions, but, you know, they're not really scanning for something um, on all fours, you know, unless it runs right out in front of them. But, uh, you know, interesting topic tonight with some interesting phone calls. And, uh, <laughs> you know, um you know, I hope that uh, those listening tonight got something out of the show and weren't distracted by uh, some of the negativities. And I'm not going to bag on our callers. I'm glad they called in and are listening to the show. Um, I hope yeah. they don't take this as the joke because we don't. And we take this serious and we, we love providing a format for people to talk. But uh, at least come on to the show. Um, if you're going to say something, back it up. And don't make um, absolutes. That's all I ask, you know. But uh, anyways, Gunner, go ahead and wrap it up. Thank you. Hey, well, I appreciate you being here, Shane, Hardcore Corson, and all the folks in the chat room and and the people that are living listening um, both here and to to the recording. Uh, that's about all the time we have for. Next week, uh, we've got uh, Tyler Bounds scheduled to be on the program. So we'll catch you next weekend, Monster X Radio Sundays, 4 p.m. Pacific. Thanks, everybody.